good cleaning. Painting, cleaning. Amen. Is it noon yet? Mom and Dad should be rolling in any minute. <laughs> good morning. Yep, gotta love it. I can't wait till they, they've been talking for years. They're just going to keep it one, not do the time changes or anything like that. But Grace, you want to come on down? It's time to take up an offering. Amen. Well, it might be good that mom and dad aren't here because then she won't be crying over the new pulpit that we have today like she did last week. She's got to get used to the new pulpit. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Lord God, that you are working in our lives and in our families and that you are working in our, in our jobs in our vocations, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bless the work of our hands as we give into your kingdom where rust and moth will not devour, but we're giving into a savings account, Lord God, that is far greater than anything that we would ever get here in this world. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, today, Joe, did you get the scriptures correct? <clears throat> today we've entered into a new season, daylight savings time, where we spring ahead. God put signs and seasons in our lives for reasons. Well, that was rhyme, wasn't it? Whoa. God put signs and seasons for reasons. <laughs> Let me give you some quotes. This is by Charles Swindell. When you accept the fact that sometimes seasons are dry and times are hard and that God and that God is in the, is in the control of both, you will discover a self-sense of divine refuge because the hope then is in God and not in yourself. That was by Charles Swindell. Another quote, I'm not sure who this one's from, but sometimes God doesn't change your situation because he's trying to change your heart. Ooh. We, were, we must remember there in different seasons in our lives and let God do what he wants to do in each of us through those seasons. The seasons change and you change, but the Lord abides forevermore. The same. And the streams of his love are as deep, as broad, and as full as ever. That was Charles Spurgeon who wrote that. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. 
through 11. Come on. There you go. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. <clears throat> I know sometimes husbands and wives can feel like that. <laughs> a time to embrace and a time not to embrace. <laughs> we have to discern those seasons, amen? Men, women. <laughs> but a time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear down and a time to mend. No, that's not throw away your spouse. Amen? A time to tear down and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burdens God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. And when God set everything in motion in the creation account, he said in Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to go to verse 14. He said, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Amen? Amen? We have been through seasons in our lives. Some of them have been hard. Some of them have been harder than others. Some of them have been good. Some of them joyful and exciting. Some of us look forward to seasons changing. Some of us want to hold on to the season they're in. But no matter what season you grow through, or go through, I should say, grow through, go through, in your life, whether good or bad, remember this, God always stays the same. Always stays the same. Mom and Ed are here. The door is open. I've, I fixed the doors yesterday. I think that's them, or unless that's your truck. Is it, Joe? Oh, they're here. No matter what season you grow, go through, I don't know why I want to say grow. Grow, spring ahead, you know, we're springing ahead. No matter what season you go through, God stays the same. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and always. He does not change. And one thing about God that is great, and this is where I had to stop my wife this morning up there on the worship team because she was reading my notes somehow. God's love always stays the same. And one thing is God will love you always the same today as he did yesterday. Always. His love is greater than anything that we can ever even come close to even imagining. The one thing that I'm sure is, sure of, that there is many more, one of the many, many things that I need more and more from God is His love. His love. I lack the love that I should have. To be able to love like God, to love others like God loves them. To love my wife and my family more. Because you know some days... You don't want to love them. Some days you want to kill them. <laughs> I didn't write that down. I left a blank. But it's true if we're honest with ourselves. Some days we can get so angry, so upset with each other. And that's when we have to pray the most. And being sincere... I don't know how to love like God. I don't. I do not know how to love like God. I don't know how God can love like he does. That he would want to even reach down and give his life for a person like myself. But God does love unconditionally. I pray for God's mercy because God's love is so great I probably won't fully understand His love until I go to heaven. I probably won't fully understand the depth of God's love until I get to heaven and I'm in heaven with Him. When I, when I look into those eyes and He says, well done, son, come on in. You know, I've given my, my own son, Jesus, for your life. And I have accepted that in my life, and I believe that. And I've been bought by a precious price, the life of another man. His blood purchased my life. We're entering in a new season, and I believe that this new season that we're entering into today is going to be a new season of God's love, a greater measure of God's love on his people. I believe that we are entering into a new season of a greater outpouring of God's love. 
on His people today. Being poured out upon us, His children. To soften their hardened hearts. I'm having a hard time reading my writing through these glasses today. But I do believe that God's opened up the door. That there's a window in heaven that's opened up. That is going to pour out upon his children. That love him. And not only that, he's going to pour out his spirit upon all those. It says it in Joel chapter 2. Peter says it in, in Acts. That God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And that every knee will bow, every tongue confess. But God, and I believe that, is going to happen to those whose hearts have been hardened toward God. That God is going to soften those hearts. It says in the end days, He's going to bring the children back to the fathers and the fathers to the children. You know, and we're in those end days. We're living in some of the most wild times in history. we got things going on all around us, all, all around us. Things are changing so drastically fast. I can't keep up with all the changes and all the prophecy and everything else being fulfilled that's going on. You just can't. But you know, one thing for certain is that God loves all of us. God loves every single one of us. He loves every person. Amen. And that's why he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Because his love was so great for us that he didn't want to be apart from us. That he made a way for us and that, and that was a way for eternal life. I want to read to you today out of Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 through 51. Matthew 24, 32 through 51. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Right at the door. <clears throat> Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The day and hour unknown, but about the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. I want to just, for those of you who don't know what it was like in the days of Noah, I'll just share with you quickly. The days of Noah looked very much like the days that we're living in today. Right? Everybody was going around, marrying, drinking, having parties, 
having fun, living like heathens, and they were wild back then in the days of Noah. No different than it is now. Now, it was considered Noah to be a righteous man that God told him 120 years before he was sending the flood to build an ark. Now, you've got to understand, in Noah's days, they've never seen rain. There was no rain on the earth. God supplied all of their needs. There was no rain. And Noah's going around preaching, it's going to rain, it's going to be a deluge. You know, trying to save some. I can, I can see him trying to do that. As people are like, ah, nah, nah, nah. You know, for about 120 years, if you think about it, 120 years, Noah built that ark. And out of those 120 years, how many times do you think he was ridiculed by all the people? What are you doing? Why are you building a boat? We don't even, it never rained. They didn't even know what rain was. What are you going to do with a boat? What are you doing? Building an ark. Ridiculed and mocked. They had no idea what was coming. No idea what was coming. But on the day it came, it was too late. On the day when God opened up the heavens and when he opened up the earth and it flooded the whole earth and there's evidence about evidence of that all around the whole earth. There's evidence of the great flood all over the place. It's going to be a day like that for some. Some are some are some are going to be taken by surprise. Some will not. No one knows when God is going to return. Nor does Jesus know. Only the Father knows. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and it took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house to be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is faithful and wise servant, whom the Master has put in charge of the servants and his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose Master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come at a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. 
he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, yesterday it was so funny. I was reading, yesterday reading this. I actually thought of that scripture yesterday when I came down last night. And I was shoveling the walkways. You know, and I was checking the church, making sure it was all ready. And I think to myself, why, do I, why am I doing this when we have just a handful of people coming, you know? Why? Why, do, why am I doing this? And I thought, this scripture came to mind. Lord, I need to be a faithful servant. You know? I need, to be, I need to be expecting any day that you could come back. I need to be expecting that any day this church could be filled. You know? I need to be acting like any moment God can come in and do a great mighty work. In, the, in our midst. At any moment, God can return. We have entered a new season, a season that's closer and closer to the season before. God can come back today. We don't know. No one knows the hour or the day, only the Son. No, I mean only the Father. The Son doesn't even know. But we have to be living, expecting that God can come back at any moment. We have to be found faithful. And true. Amen? Because we are getting closer. Jesus said, He is at the door. When all these things we see happening, and if you go back and you read through Matthew, you hear of roars, rumors of roars, pestilence, plagues, famines. You know, read it. Jesus says, when all these things happen, I am at the door. You know, we read scriptures, or read scripture. Ask, seek, knock, basically, up there. Ask and he will, seek and he will. Knock and the door will be open. Jesus is knocking at the door. His return is imminent. It could be any moment. We need to live like that could happen. And when I was shoveling the walkways out here last night, I was thinking... You know, I need to be thankful in living and expecting that any day Jesus can come in here. That this church could be filled. Any day, any moment. You know, I didn't think much of it until I sat down and started reading these scriptures this morning. I didn't think much of it when I was down here. We get these thoughts that come in and pop into our head and I don't think much of it at the time. Most of us. But then you look back and like, oh yeah, maybe that's why that thought was there. Maybe that was God speaking to me. Maybe God's speaking to you. You know, the season I think we're entering in is going to be a season of God's great outpouring of His love upon His church, upon His body. Why? To get them ready. Because they cannot get ready. We, the church, the people, cannot get ready without a touch from God. We can't. Until, first of all, we realize that God is real and that God is for us and that God loves us so much that he doesn't want us to be lost and left outside where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Maybe that's why God's Spirit's going to pour out upon people, upon all flesh, to get them ready, to prepare them. 
Maybe that's why what we're going through is the earth, the groans, the pains, the birth pains of the earth getting ready for God's kingdom to come to this earth. Because things have got to change. Because you can't have righteousness mixed with hedonism. You know, it's not going to happen. God's light is going to shine forth and the darkness has to flee. And that's what's going to happen. Maybe that's what's going on. All I know is this. I know God's word is true. His love is greater than anything that we can imagine. And his return is imminent. He's knocking on the door. And you know what? He could be knocking on the door physically, but he could be knocking on your heart. The door of your heart. Saying it's time. Time for you to give up this hardened heart. And time for you for to have a soft heart. Let me mold. You know, God is the great, you know, there's a story in there about the potter and the clay. God can take any lump of clay and mold it into something great. And God can take a clay jar and smash it. And then take that up and he can rebuild it and make something out of it. Because God is God. He can do that. He is the potter. We are the clay. Right? We just have to let him do what he wants to us in our own lives. Let him add the water or the Holy Spirit to the clay to soften it, to get it moldable, to get it where he can shape it and make it into a vessel that he can use or that he can fill. Think of that. You know, what do you do with a clay jar? You fill it. You don't just, you know, it's there for a purpose. A clay jar is there for a purpose. You're the clay jar. He wants to fill you with his spirit. Maybe this season that we're entering into, this new season, not just a physical season of entering in, we're going to be entering into spring, but maybe it's a, a new season of, of entering into God, deeper and stronger and harder than ever before. He says the uh, violent men take the kingdom of heaven by force. Well, we need to start getting some violent men that are really being diligent in, in seeking the kingdom and knocking and knocking and pressing in and not giving up, but finding that second wind and saying, I'm not going to let this beat me down. I'm going to keep pressing into God no matter what happens, no matter where I go, no matter what happens to my life. I'm not going to give up now. I've come this far I'm not going to give up now. I'm going to press in. Maybe there's men out here that are, that are hearing this that are lion chasers, that like Benaniah, that will jump down into a pit to capture a lion because he wants the mane of that lion. And he slew the lion with his bare hands. Like King David, who slew not just a giant, but a bear and a lion. You know, where are, we need men like that, strong men, fierce men, violent men. You know, I heard uh, Jordan P Peterson say, we need angry men. We need men to be angry, but not, not to the point where men are out of control anger, but where they have anger under control. We need men like that. Anger under control, able to get things done. And press in and, and move forward. We need leaders like that. 
that are not afraid, but are angry by the way our country is going, that are not afraid to face the giants that are out there. Amen? So I don't know. I don't know what God's doing in your heart or what God's doing in your life or what God's going to do this coming season. But I do know this, that we got to trust Him. we got to believe Him. And we got to allow Him to do what He needs to do in our lives. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I'm praying right now for a great outpouring of God's Holy Spirit upon your people like never before. That, Lord, you know how to minister to us better than anybody else. We are, I'm praying, Lord God, that you would take my hardened heart and that you would add your water of the Holy Spirit to it to soften it. Because my heart's hard. I don't know how to love. I'm not a loving person. I need to love more like you, and I don't know how to do that. And I can't do it without you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I, I want to be a loving man, but I want to be a strong man. I don't want to be a weak man. I want to be a man that's prepared and ready for anything to come. Lord God, I want to be expecting you at all times. Lord, help me, Jesus. All I can say is help me, Lord. Help is on the way. <laughs> help is on the way. The Lord says, help is on the way. Seek, knock. Keep knocking. Keep pressing in. Help is on the way. And I pray this, Lord God, and I thank you for this day in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Can we play that song, Joe, Help is on the Way by Toby Mac? There's a video out there, too. It's a good video, isn't it? Yeah, if you can find the video of it, that would be great. And we'll close with that. And thank you for all for being here today on Daylight Savings Time. It doesn't matter if you were late. You were here at perfect timing. God's perfect timing. Amen. Help is on the way. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.